Hello, I'm Eric Devin, and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show on today, February 9th, 2017. I'm joined this evening by Nathan Staples. We have not one but two guests, Thiago Estevao and Andres Clavijo. Thanks for joining us, gents. Before we get started with a look ahead to the weekend, though, we'll take a brief look back at Match Day 24, just to run through the results in the midweek fixtures. Ligue 1 kept its teams busy in Bordeaux, or Tuesday's big winner, thrashing Caen on the road 4-0 to move level on points with Marseille and Saint-Étienne in fifth. Monaco and PSG both 1-2-1 to keep the pressure on each other, although not without controversy as Lucas Moura appeared to be offside as he scored the extra time winner against Lille. Looking, let's, <clears throat> so looking at the midweek fixtures, uh, oh, sorry. On Wednesday, Angers and Rennes played to a scoreless draw at the stage Jean Bouin. Leon Thump visiting Nancy 4-0, and Lorient came from a goal down to draw 1-0 with Toulouse at the stade Moustoir. Mets moved to the dizzying heights of 12th with their third win in four matches. New signing Cech Diabate on the score sheet from the spot in a 2-1 win. Nice kept the pressure on the leaders with a 1-0 win over Saint-Étienne. And Marseille defeated Gangamp 2-0, while Bastiat not was postponed due to a flooded pitch. So looking at these midweek fixtures, uh, let's start with Nice versus Saint-Étienne. Les Anglons were under real pressure with PSG and Monaco already having one. And we know that Sante, even on the road, can be a little bit uh, tough defensively. Andres, you were over this match. Nice went back to their 4-3-3 in the absence of the suspended Malang Sar. <clears throat> nice, for me, looked really good. Uh, Belhanda on the wing looked convincing. The midfield was very fluid. Now, should Five continue with its formation uh, and keep Sar on the bench? Yeah, I, I think he should definitely continue with his formation. I think um, Sar has not been too good over the last few games. I think his inexperience is showing. He's had a, an amazing season, so I think... Uh, at this moment in time, what the team needs is a bit of experience. Yeah, they looked really good, as you said. I think Cyprian and Seri were very good in midfield. Valhanda was impressive. And uh, the team looked a lot more fluent without Balotelli in, in starting 11. That's definitely another thing to consider is, is Mario more of a burden than a, a blessing at this point. Uh, but let's uh, let's spend a moment on, on Saint Etienne. Uh, they gave a new a debut uh, from the, with about half an hour to play to new signing uh, Jorginho. How do we say that, Tiago? Tiago is yeah, back yeah, with yeah. us. He's yeah, late to Aruka. Yeah, he's from Aruka. So, what can you tell us about this player? His talent level, so, what kind of systems he work in? So the the first thing you got to know is that he's a a Man City Academy graduate. He he was playing for the the youth Man City side. I think he played for the for their under twenty ones for like 10, 15 matches tops. And now he yeah, I think he even trained a little bit with the first team when Pellegrini was still in charge. And uh, I think he just decided to return home to Portugal to try and get some football because he, he wasn't gonna get them in in Manchester, but he's he's really quite good. He was it's it was interesting because he took him a little bit to adapt to professional football, I believe, because he only made his debut in November, I believe. Let me check. Yeah, he only made his debut for Aroca in early November in a match against Sporting. He came on, and from that moment on, he started starting matches, and he became a starter from that point on. The thing is that it took him a little bit to to get going and to to actually get a shot in the team, despite despite them playing like European qualifiers. So they had a ton of matches before this one, and he never really got a shot at it. So I'm assuming it takes him a little bit to adjust to a new environment. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening as well in in France. But yeah, he, from that moment on, he started 
being a part of the team and he was he was pretty good. He got his first start in late November and he scored a goal in a one nil win. And then from that moment on he just kept on starting matches. He had assists on assists on assists. He had a ma- his fourth his fourth start. Uh he had an assist and an attrick, which is very tough to do. Uh and then he even had another goal in another match. So He's a pretty productive winger. He tends to play from the right. I, I must. So the Tien plays a four-two-three-one, right? Uh, well, they play More a lot of less. different systems. They did. They did yesterday. Uh, but yeah, they, they have to play a four-three-three. Or they've been known to play a three-four-three, a three-five-two. Uh, they they haven't really settled on a system uh, this season. That's been a lot of that's down, been down to injuries. Yeah, so uh, so I just I think it was one of the first times I watched them this season was against Nice. He didn't like Jorginho didn't impress me much, but like he didn't have that much time. He tried to do a couple of dribbles, a couple of looks like he's still growing in confidence, which is pretty normal. He's a very young player as well. But but yeah, he here in Portugal he played in a four two three one. He tended to play from the right. Uh, as a winger, but he exp- he exploits interior spaces in the pitch very well. But he tends to do it coming from the wing and not necessarily starting as a as a number ten. Even though he end up he ends up in that position a lot during the during the matches. But here he had a in his, in the Lucas four two three one. Their attacking midfielder, their central attacking midfielder, if you will, tends to occupy. Uh, the wings quite decently, especially on the right. Uh, every time that Jorginho decided to decide to take an opponent, upon a, an opponent on, and and bring himself into the box or go into the middle, so it'll be interesting to see how he does in for Sadatian. I mean, Sadatian's winger, wingers are pretty good, right? Uh, Amuma and and Monet Paquet are pretty pretty decent wingers. I don't think he's gonna he's just gonna get a spot in the first team. You told me that. You told me that Sadatien is probably in need of an attacking midfielder. They don't, I don't they know really if have you... someone who plays as a number 10. Jordan Veritu has played there in the past, uh, as has Henry Saive, but they haven't really been used that way. This 4 2 3 one yeah. is something we've, we've only been seeing maybe in the past month or so. Uh, and the idea of uh, Aruka playing a 4 2 3 one with a, a number 10 that drifts outside, I mean, I could see Hamuma taking that role. Uh, Andre, so what, are you, yeah, what, are your, what is your thought to that? Could Hamuma play centrally in that formation? Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, now that he's getting on, he's getting a bit older now. He's he's not quite as 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 quick as he used to be. I think it's a position that could suit him. He 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 could provide a good goal for it from the middle. He won't have to work so hard on the wings. And um, I think I think I think, it, I think it could be a good idea for Sanetian. We seem on board. Yeah, with and um, Amuma, Amuma always was, was always someone that had a very good shot on him as well, right? I always saw him as a, a very goal scoring winger. Even if he yes, didn't exactly. score many goals, he was always a, a goal threat, right? So maybe from the middle, you do something there as well. Um, but either way, I think it's a very, very good investment from Sotatien. I Values weren't published here, around here. I don't know if you guys got any, got hold of any values whatsoever of the transfer. Because no. I didn't. All right, so I was I was just checking because here no values were published. Was everything was kind of undisclosed, but still I'm sure that it wasn't too expensive of a player. I mean, he was very impressive when he did get going for Roca, but he played for he played like eleven matches of first of professional football. 
So like, you wasn't like, you maybe cost the million or two, I'm assuming, because and that's already pretty good for Roko, who's a tiny team who's trying to make the the best of their investments. So I think it's a good investment either way. Even if he, I think it's pretty good that he went in January as well because it will give him a little bit of time to adapt, as I said, and he's gonna get some game time. So that the end is, I mean, they're competing for Europe, but like they didn't necessarily bring him in as a massive signing or whatever with a with a, with tons of pressure to help them succeed. He's just kind of there, and if he impresses very well, and if not, then he'll probably go on loan. But I think that. I think that you'll have time to adapt, and then next season perhaps you get a starting place. I can definitely see that see that happening after a preseason. But for now, he's going to be a decent impact sub. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tiago. As always, Tiago writes for Who Scored in Portugal. You can find him on Twitter at Tiago. That's T I A G O E S T V. Tiago Estuv. Thank you very much. As always, Tiago. We'll be thank sure you guys. to have you back on soon enough. All right. Cheers. All right. Now let's take a brief look through some of the other matches from midweek. Uh, Nathan, bring you in here. Thank you for your patience. It's okay. Uh, let's talk about Lille. Uh, they, uh, they gave full debuts to the likes of uh, Sheka and Ricardo Kishna. And well, Gassi got his second start. How did the new men fare against PSG? A tough one, isn't it? it I'm sure if, if you watched the match as well, it was very much a defense versus attack game it reminded me a lot of the uh, when marseille played at the pot de prince earlier this season where it was essentially 11 against 11 in one half of the field and that was in Lille's final half so you didn't see an enormous amount especially from the two wingers kishner and el ghazi who are exciting players but they had brief moments where they had the ball and tried to attack on the counter but it was it was a little bit futile in the end they they had to wait until the preview came on and they were a little bit more um, movement in those areas and bits like that, and and same with Jeko. He's he's more of a creative midfielder from what I understand, and and he didn't really get on the ball much. He was maybe a little bit missing in this kind of game. He he tried to put himself about a bit, tried to try to work hard, but he he didn't really create much as we might expect him to. But it was a strange game, really, and Paris Saint Germain especially will be absolutely delighted that he came out with a win in this one. I mean. <laughs> The curse of the BT Sports commentator happened again where um, when Cavani scored his goal off his shoulder, um, he mentioned that he doesn't need many chances, which must have gave a few giggles to Lee Gars, favourites, <laughs> because that's certainly not the case this season. Um, and then Alphonse Ariola does a horrendous, horrendous mistake to to allow um, Depreville to score the, the equaliser, which Lille absolutely, in all honesty, Probably didn't deserve the way they played. They they were very tough defensively and, and held out well, but they didn't deserve a goal really. But at that point, you think one one that's probably justified. And then there's an offside goal for Lucas, which is outrageously offside, and I don't know how the referees not spotted it. And and Yim is beside himself at the end of the game, and, and deservedly so. But it's going to take a while to see uh, more from these new players from Lille. I, I mean, they look. And from what I've seen of in the past, they they are exciting players. I like Kishner a lot. I think El Ghazi's maybe a little bit temperamental. We'll have to see on that one. Um, and Jekka will probably should have got some from Tiago to see what he thought of him in, when he was at Braga as well. But um, we're going to need a better game than this one against Paris Saint-Germain to really judge them because it's one of those games where you're not going to find out much against a team where you're going to be defending for 90% of the game. 
All right. Andres, how about Leon's 4-0 win over Nancy? Now, Memphis Depay finally broke his duck, but Nancy were playing an experimental system with 3-5-2 without really any orthodox center backs on the pitch. Did Leon just take advantage of the situation, or are there some actual positives to take from this match? Yeah, it was a, a bit of a strange one from Nancy. I, I thought, uh, given how Leon's confidence is a bit fragile after having lost three games in a row, I thought they'd, they'd have a go, but they actually just sat back and sort of just played into Leon's hands. I mean, Leon weren't at their best, but uh, they didn't need to be against um, a, a very experimental Nancy side. Um, um, Depay, he, he did well when he came on for the injured Valbuena, but uh, it's, it's, it's still still not fully convincing from them. And um, there, there was a bit of a fallout at the end with um, Lacazette getting booed when he was um, when he was substituted and Aulas subsequently coming out and saying that his confidence is destroyed after the booze from the fans, after some some quotes in which he said that he could see himself playing for a bigger club. All right. And finally, Nathan, reviewing matches, let's talk about Marseille versus Gangomp. Dernstri Paye also scored another big arrival to break his duck. A deflected goal that probably gets the headlines in England, but he mentioned on Twitter that Gangomp seemed to be confused tactically. What were they doing differently and what was going wrong? Well, they've been looking for a mix after the last couple of weeks of indifferent results. And I think if you just simply search around for the formation last night, um, According to Liga and on the on the television on BT Sport, they were playing a five three two, which it kind of looked a little bit like. If you went on who scored this evening or anything like that, they go for a four two three one, which it kind of also looked like. It was a really it's a really strange moment. I don't if, if they were playing the five three two with Sanko, um, Bodmer, and Sorbon in the central areas, uh, Bodmer was doing a terrible job in being a centre back. So I I don't think they were playing that. But Levesque and, and Martins Pereira were so far forward that you thought, well, they must be playing some side kind of hybrid formation. And then he weren't sure quite where Blau was playing. He was a bit more central when he should have maybe been a bit more out wide. Coco and Saliba were essentially on the same wing. Um, Brion was left to sort of do the chasing while everyone else ran back. It was just, especially in that first half where really the game was sealed, um, even though it was only 1-0. Mar- Marseille were absolutely dominant in that first half. They just looked like they didn't know what they were doing tactically. They didn't look in midfield very comfortable. There was huge spaces in between the the centre-backs and the midfield. Uh, Attacking, they looked to just swarm on them. It it looked very confusing. Coco wasn't quite in the game. Uh, Saliba had a couple of half-decent moments. And Blatt really came into the game, especially in the second half. But they they just looked like... It looked like Kumbuare was looking for an answer for this sort of slipping form that they've had. Like they maybe need to try something experimental or something different. And it just absolutely didn't work. And Marseille, when they started playing their football with um, Maxime Lopez and Tovan and... Nathan, are you there? Looks like we've momentarily <laughs> lost Nathan here. Uh, Iris, were you over this match as well? Did you have a chance to see... Um, Marseille versus Gangup. Any thoughts on the state of play there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought Marseille looked pretty good. I thought Sanson was 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 very impressive for for Marseille. Um, Gangup are in a little bit of a bad run after a brilliant first half of the season, and um, yeah, Payet was was very 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 good. I mean, he, he's still ain't fully fit, but 
he looks he looks like he's going to make a, a really good try there up front with alongside Gomez and Talvin and look really positive for them. All right, we'll move on to our preview section. Hopefully, we can get Nathan back in here. Just a brief update on our uh, on our preview table. We award three points for every correct score, one point for every correct result. Uh, Nathan is currently in the well, not the relegation places. But he's, got, he's on 43 points, though he did pick correctly to lose his 4-0 uh, no win last weekend. Uh, Adam has 50, and I'm on 54. And uh, Andres, we can use your picks uh, for Adam. I'm sure he'll be glad of the opportunity to get points when he's not here. So uh, the way we do the, the, the picks for, for your benefit, Andres, is we take turns picking, and uh, you, you cannot pick the same score as one that's already been said. Uh, so if you think it's 1-1, but Nathan's already said that, you'll have to pick something different. Nathan, are you back with us now? Uh, can you hear me? All right, yes, Nathan is back. So let's let's start out uh, looking at um, Bordeaux-PSG, the big match tomorrow, uh, or today if you're listening to this on Friday, which you probably are. Uh, Bordeaux have had issues with home crowds uh, in terms of drawing attendance, but PSG are sort of reeling with injuries and in form. They might be looking ahead to the Champions League. Andres, can we see an upset here for Bordeaux, or and why, if so? I think it's very possible. I mean, like you said, uh, PSG have got a few injuries at the moment, and they'll probably be looking ahead to the Barcelona game in midweek. Uh, Bordeaux are in a bit of a, 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 they're in a decent run at the moment, and um, I can see PSG resting a few players. While I don't think Bordeaux will win, I certainly see them possibly getting something out of the game. All right. Let's get some score predictions then. Uh, Andres, we'll let you do the honors here. Uh, I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. Okay, Nathan? Curses. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for... I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Bordeaux were really good in midweek with that 4-0 win. Paris Saint-Germain have been so... Uh, I think that noise <laughs> sums them up perfectly. 2-1 uh, Paris Saint-Germain. All right, and I'll go with a 2-1 home win for Bordeaux. Now we'll move on now to uh, Gangamp versus Leon. Now, Leon will welcome back Rashid Ghazal from suspension after his uh, dismissal from the weekend. He served that ban uh, yesterday. Corentin Talisa does have another match to serve, and this match uh, is away at a team who, you know, while they stumbled, they did beat Leon handily in the reverse fixture earlier this season. But Nathan, a question for you, and you can expand upon this as, you, as you'd like, but... Uh, Assuming Valbuena's fit, he did come off injured. Uh, who starts? Depay or Valbuena uh, in that four-four-two? Uh, Le Petit Vélo starts if he's fit. Um, I think he was excellent in that until well, for the thirty minutes we saw him for at least in that game in midweek. He scored a super duper goal. It's a lovely finish, and he's been Leon's best player this season. Really, um, I don't think we've mentioned it on the Monday podcast. Both you and Lana agreed that. He's probably been their best player this season. And you don't keep a player who's in great form, who's played better than anyone else in the team out of your side, no matter who comes in. Um, I think Memphis did play better in this game and scored a goal, and that will help his confidence, surely, um, moving forward and, and and so forth. But I just think Falbuena brings a better balance to the team. Uh, Memphis is much more of a... Um, attack-minded player in the sense that he's looking to create opportunities for himself rather than others. Uh, Valbuena is much more likely to do a bit of both, really. Um, and that 
complements the likes of Lacazette and Fekir, who are more like Memphis in the in the sense of wanting to score the goals rather than create them. Um, it was really positive, I thought, as well, to see Nabil Fakir score as well in midweek. It was a classy little finish that just looked like it was Fakir getting back to being Fakir, which is what we want to see of being a little bit sneaky, the lovely close ball control. We want to see him back at his full best after a couple of years with injury issues and bits like that. So let's hope that's the factor as well. And and that might come into the thinking if Fakir doesn't quite come up to his fitness. I don't see Rashid Ghazal starting, even though he's back from suspension. But I just think Valbuena is a better complement and a better player on form at the moment than Memphis. But given the games they might play with Europa League, obviously there's there's that to think about on Thursday. Maybe Memphis starts then, but Valbuena for, for the weekend. Yeah, well, Memphis is cup tight, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So that might play into it. That, that might actually play into it. If, if with Gangon playing so poorly, they might start Memphis instead of Valbuena and thinking in that midweek game where where, where, where Matthew can play in that one. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I would have to tend to agree factoring that in. And what about a uh, score prediction for you then, Nathan? Oh, I think it's going to be 3 0 Leon. All right. Uh, I'll go with a 2 1 Leon win. And Andres, for yourself, what's your score prediction? Uh, uh, go 1 0 Leon. All right. Now, moving on now to a team that two teams that might be all familiar with binary numbers in terms of their scores. That's Lille hosting Angers. Uh, Lille can feel somewhat galvanized by keeping PSG close. Uh, even their defensive efforts were mostly productive. Uh, but Angers at home is probably another story. That's a match that uh, Lille, under this new new project, want to be winning. Uh, Andres, how damaging is it? would it be to Les, Les Dogs' confidence if they can't record a win here against a relegation-threatened Lesko? Um, I think I don't. I don't think it'll be too damaging, to be honest. I mean, I don't. Lille will most definitely won't be relegated this season. They're far too good to go down, and um, I think the European aspirations are a bit in the balance at the moment. I, I really can't see them finishing in, in the top six. So I think it's more of a building process at the moment, and with so many new players, I think they they're, they're going to be building for next season. So I don't think it will be. Um, the worst thing in the world if they didn't win, but um, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they can be a very um, who at the moment can't buy a win. All right, uh, let's see. I will go with a nil-nil draw here. And Andres, your score prediction? Two-one uh, Leon. Okay, Nathan. I uh, I'm gonna go. Oh. It's a tough one, is it? I think one nil, nil. I think they need to start Depravil in this one as well. They didn't start him in midweek, going for sort of a weird formation. And Colo really doesn't want to play him from the start for some reasons, and he he does add that extra dimension to that front play. Although I might be a little bit biased, let's say, but they just look better with him on the field. If they start him, this Andre's t- uh, this Andre team are a bit reeling still. They probably should have nicked it against Ren late on with Pepe going one on one, but. Yeah, Lille won now. All right, now let's move on now to Ren, uh, hosting Nice. Uh, Andres, you watched Ren midweek, and they failed to win yet again. That's eight in a row without victory in the league. Do they have a chance against a Nice side who looked sharper midweek, or were there any signs that you might take positively from this? I know we had Rich Allen on last week. He was pretty down on his club, Ren. Did anything look better against Angers? Were there decent chances? 
Uh, well, against Angers, I think they were they were really poor. They didn't really create much at all. Um, I think Gorkov went in, and like in 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 January, I mean, the team's looking um, quite poor to be honest. I mean, there's uh, I can't really see where the goals are going to come from. Sio is not the most convincing of strikers. Um, Kalulu, who's coming on long from Lyon, who be impressed. I mean, Diakabi, he's he's been impressive in parts, but it's, it's, it's still a long way to go for him yet. And um, Nice, after their performance against Senetian, I think they'll be on a bit of a high, and I, I reckon they'll be just too good for a run side who's lacking in confidence at the moment. All right, what would be your score prediction then? Uh, one nil Nice. One nil Nice. Okay, Nathan. Yeah, I agree with Andreas. They look a bit inept in creative areas at the moment. Ren with <sighs> the frustrating Giovanni Co leading the way, which is you know a curse upon anyone. I think at the moment they they just look poor and they don't they look like I say lacking of confidence with those with that run of games and. I think they're going to slowly, slowly slide down the table. So I'm going to go 3 0 Nice. 3 0 Nice. Comprehensive duty. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go 2 0. I don't see Bren scoring. Uh, I do. We should also mention, too, that Ludovic Ball was sent off late on. Uh, he has been one of Bren's best players this season. I know that can be somewhat faint praise, but I think the veteran left back has really been a, a decent catalyst going forward, and he could be a big miss. There's not necessarily an obvious replacement for him I and mean, maybe Mehdi Zafan. I, I'm not really sure what, what approach Christian Gorkuth is going to take uh, to cover for the former Lance man, but it's it's probably not going to be pretty no matter what. Yeah, it's a tough replacement, isn't it? I think that one. So finally, to you both, and I'll, I'll come in here as well, this is not it's not so much a score prediction uh, as it is just a, a general question about a player. Uh, it sort of probably went unnoticed. I haven't seen much about it on on, on Twitter and, and in the in the French press. Uh, Lestana Dr quietly made his return against Gangkamp uh, coming off the bench. Um, so, is he a distraction or is is his presence a good thing at this point in time as as Marseille try and consolidate their position as a European contender? Uh, Nathan, we'll start with you. It's a it's a strange fifty fifty, isn't it? I think that. There's no doubt that Lasana Diara is a really good player, um, especially in this Marseille side. He was great last season. He was by far their best player. He's a great defensive midfielder. But then the question comes in twofold, which is, is he too much of a distraction with his clear one-to-way tactics early this season when there were in financial issues, when he didn't really want to be captain anymore, when he didn't want to play? That obviously factors into the fans who... If I'm right in saying they booed him at, at points during the game when he did he co- did he come on? I think he didn't start. I don't think. From no, memory. he came on. He came on late on. Uh, yeah, just I mean, really at the death. Yeah, with about they twenty booed. minutes to go. Um, but yeah, they there was certainly a, a smattering of boos and when when we've mentioned this before as well with the midfield, Sanson played really well. Um, but and so did Lopez, but it's having that defensive midfielder next to him. And at the moment, it's a, it's a battle between Van Quir and Zambo and Guisa, really, for that role, which I think covers enough. I don't think either of those players are that bad. Clearly, Lasana Diara, usually on top form, is a, a cut above both of them, really. But is he worth the distraction, especially at the Velodrome? Is he worth integrating back into the t- back into the team where 
he might do now. Now there's more, now there's money to play with. He might stay, which is probably what his plan is. But ah, I don't know. Personally, it depends on how the bit we can't see, which is how the team are reacting to him joining back in the squad and knowing what he's done. If there's an adverse effect on the dressing room, uh, leave him out. There's no point because it's just going to affect what could be an, at least a from what it looked like at the start, a successful season for Marseille in the sort of European places. If his if the if his teammates are okay, if they've bound around him, if he's willing to put the work in, he's a good player, a really good player, and someone that Marseille could use. And if he can stay around and play at the level he can, he's very very useful to them. So it completely depends on that dressing room for me. Andres, your thoughts on DRS potential return? I'm with Nathan on, on that one. I think it all depends on on the team and how they feel. I mean, if I think Garcia said that he was going to talk to him and see what his plans are. I mean, if he if he's going to stay beyond um, beyond the summer, then I think they they should definitely reintegrate him back into the team. But if he's going to leave in the summer, I think there's there's really no point of putting him back in the team when he could be giving games to um, Zambo and Guisa and um, Vancouver uh, as as his replacements and. Um, especially Zambo and Guiso, who, who who's quite young and, and needs the experience. There's there's no really no point of putting Diara back in if he's going to leave in the summer when it was, will probably be his replacement when he leaves. Yeah, I mean, I I think I have to give a firmer no. I think that Diara is a massively talented player, but I mean, let's face it, this is a very close race. If we only have five European spots, I mean, the Coupe de France could be won by one of the top. But uh, well, Nice are eliminated, so uh, there will be at least five European spots up for grabs. And right now, there are three teams: Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne, and Marseille, level on thirty-six points. Uh, so you know, it's a very tight race for that for that fifth spot and then the European uh, Europe Europa League qualification. I, I don't think that uh, with the margins being as fine as they are, a rusty or potentially cranky DR is is simply worth worth the risk. Uh, I think that you know. Sertic has been brought in. I know he's injured. Uh, he'll come back. Uh, Vancouver is only on loan, but I, I think that Diara should be treated similarly. You know, build this team uh, around the players that are here permanently, that are here on long-term contracts, whether that's the Sertic, whether that's Sam Bonguisa, whether that's Sansa, who can even play in that midfield role as well, uh, or maybe whether it's a new formation. We've talked potentially about a 4-2-3-1 with Cabela or Lopez playing uh, off of a striker and, and Tovan and Paye on the wings. That's, there's a possibility of that as well. I just don't think he's, he's frankly worth the risk at this point. Uh, despite, his, despite how he burnished his reputation last year with Marseille, getting back into the national team, et cetera, I, I just don't think he's, his, his heart's in it, and this team is, has a lot of potential. I think that they could get a massive boost from European qualification in terms of their confidence heading in next season, uh, those players that do stick around, I mean, again, a lot of them are on loan. But I, I just don't think the inclusion of DR is worth it. I don't think he's going to be that much of an upgrade over over Vancouver, who has been very, fairly solid, or Sambo and Greece in this season. I'm, I'm just going to mention very quickly that I'll probably move it to a slightly firmer yes rather than no. Then even with Sertic, who, forgive me, I forgot, but he's, he's been so injured so much at Bordeaux that it, it sometimes is lost in the shuffle a little bit. But he's a very good player as well. Um, but like you just mentioned, if he just about managed to nudge himself into the French international squad, that's more than any other of those players around him. Um, and that international experience and bits like that is at hands in. And if he can play at the level that he can do, and I know it's an if, 
but it greatly increases your chances of that European spot against the teams around him because he's an international quality player. Um, and that makes a difference at this level because if they can if they can have a good shield in front of them because that defence is so flimsy at times that having someone like that with that experience will be a great boost if they can get him playing at the level, which is the big if, but at the same time, it, it's probably worth the risk where Marseille are at the moment. They could probably risk doing that kind of thing because they're not going to be weaker for it, in my opinion. All right. That does conclude the Get French Football News preview show for this week. Um, my thanks again uh, for Nathan Staples. I've been at ah, for Nathan Staples. I've been Eric Devin. And thanks again to Andres Clavijo and Tiago Esteval. Uh, be sure to tune in Monday from 8 p.m. UK and to follow us on Twitter at GFFN uh, for the next episode and all the latest news and reviews from around League on at the weekend. Thanks again, gents. Enjoy your weekend.